Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. It is Wednesday, February 1st, 2017. We are gearing up for the Super Bowl, which is going to commence in five days' time from now, this Sunday in Houston, Texas. I'm here with Shaka because we're going to preview the Super Bowl for you, try to make heads or tails of what the hell is going on and who is going to win this game. Shaka just returned from Cuba. Shaka, give me some thoughts on Cuba. I honestly, there's a really hard time kind of describing just the, the beauty and the strangeness, and there's a lot of emotions going through me when I talk when I think about Cuba. Uh, first of all, I'd encourage everyone to go. It's it's like nothing else you'll see on Earth. Uh, it's like stepping into a different time period, but at the same time, kind of having one toe in the present. Um, but just really, really lovely people. Very safe, um, very cheap. You can do a lot with a little bit of money out there. Um, and Cuban cigars you can bring back. There's Damn. No I was, that was one of my big questions. Was And we talked about this before you left. Could you, in fact, bring Cuban cigars? And answer is yes. I, I threw them in, a, I threw them in my, uh, my travel bag. No one checked. There wasn't any kind of like crazy extensive search. I don't think you're really trying to, to make this hard for anyone to to want to visit Cuba. So I, I think I got... Uh, charged the tax on some paintings I brought back, which was like three bucks, which I'll, I'll live with. I'll live with the, you know, the wallet hit. But honestly, you know what? If you've got uh, a long weekend and you got some cash burning a hole in your pocket, take a trip down. It's really not as complicated as you think, you know, to get through, like, the visa and the, the health insurance. It's all pretty much included in, like, your your plane ticket and showing up at the airport. That's pretty much all you have to do. Yeah, and they want you to come visit. They want you to come and spend exactly. some tourism dollars. Exactly. They want your money. They will not stop you. Floodgates are open. You had no issue with, with currency, right? American dollars was fine? Uh, you can't spend American money. I, there's some places I think you can. I didn't really find any, but I'm assuming those establishments aren't run by Cuban nationals. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can change money at the airport, and there are places in town in Havana where you can exchange money, you just have to bring your passport with you. And now, wait, I found, sorry, go ahead. Is this like is this like Cuban pesos or something? What's the currency? They have a few currencies. Um, they have one that's called um, the slang term is convertibles or kooks, which is the one that you convert the U.S. dollars into. It's like a one to one ratio. Mm. So um, that one is what you'll be spending when you're in Cuba. But uh, Cuban locals, they spend something else. It's called the national money. Which is, I think, one of the big, I, I think it's what probably keeps, you know, the tourism lively and keeps people safe, you know. So it's not like a bunch of uh, motivation for people to go out and, you know, mug tourists. So right, I also think, you know, right. they're, they're doing a lot, you know, in terms of uh, keeping tourists safe. But I honestly had, I had no fear walking down streets or anything like that nice. uh, in Cuba. That's awesome, man. That's, I, listen... Yeah. Everyone out there was expecting a little Super Bowl preview. You got a little preview of Cuba, because it turns out Shaka just went to go visit, and he's coming back with positive stories. Uh, I think the overall message is we should go check out Cuba. Absolutely. Oh, also, don't take any credit cards if you're a U.S. citizen, because they do not work there. So. Zero credit cards, so all cashola. Cashola. This is very take important. What you need. Very important stuff that I had no idea about whatsoever. Thank you for bringing back wisdom from the mountain, Shaka. 
My pleasure. Now, enough about me. Um, a certain young man is going to the Super Bowl. How that, are you feeling? And what's the uh, what's the strategy? When are you heading down? Okay, so here's the scoop. So for everyone out there, it's official. I am going to the Super Bowl. I got a ticket. I will be wearing my Eagles Brian's Dawkins jersey. I'm not going to be picking sides here. <laughs> I don't want to get beat up by Patriots fans. I don't want to get beat up by Falcons fans. I'm just going to be a nice football fan and wear my Eagles jersey and get strange looks from people when they're like, why are you wearing an Eagles jersey to a Falcons-Patriots game? Your Uh, courage is admirable. Now, um, my game plan is I've got a bit of a roundabout weekend. I'm going out to Florida first to uh, visit my dad. Um, completely unrelated to the Super Bowl ticket was I had already scheduled to go to a Sixers game with my father in Miami uh, on Saturday the 4th. So I'll be flying to Fort Lauderdale on Friday. I'm going to spend Friday and Saturday in Fort Lauderdale, and then I'm catching a 6 a.m. flight from Fort Lauderdale back to Houston on Sunday morning. That's my game plan. You're a savage, sir. Listen, I love me some sports, and I I don't fuck around when it comes to attending sporting events. Uh, and I'm probably also going to be dropping some smaller mini-podcasts as we lead up to the weekend. I mean, everyone's busting out Super Bowl festivities. Why can't I bust out some Super Bowl festivities? Maybe a couple right. of small ones here. Maybe do like a Facebook Live from the game. I'm still trying to hash all that out, but uh, either way, I'm taking advantage of this very unique opportunity I have to go to the Super Bowl and uh, and really, really savor one of the greatest games that uh, the greatest game of a season of a game that I love dearly, and um, I'll take plenty of pictures for you, Shaka. That's awesome, man. I'm I'm super excited for you. Well, thank you. Um, I, I will definitely be trolling you as much as I can while I am there. Um, well, you better believe I, I, you're getting it right back. Well, good. I would expect nothing less. Now. Before we started this podcast, uh, I listened to a handful of podcasts, a bunch of different people. I read a lot of articles about this game. This is clearly when you are getting an absolute football bonanza of an of you know analysts analyzing everything top to bottom, looking at the season, looking at you know what improved over the course of the season, what hadn't improved, what which one of these teams does what best. I've got okay, so I've got lots of thoughts, as I'm sure you have lots of thoughts. Um, I'm going to start first off uh, with the Falcons offense. I mean, I kind of just want to talk Falcons, but let's just talk Falcons offense and what I'm thinking here. Now, I do see them with multiple weapons coming at you. I do see the Falcons uh, as a team that does do a lot out of play action. Much of their their base sets tend to be heavy. They tend to be looking like runs, and then they'll either run out to uh, the left or the right, they'll kind of push it out to the flat, or they're going to use that run-heavy set to establish the run and then go to play action and try to go deep with your Taylor Gabriels, your Julio Jones, your Mohamed Sanu. Now, a couple of the things that I see working in their favor for this is because though, now I know typically the Patriots like to come at you and with the number one wide receiver, like a Julio Jones, typically what the Patriots like to do is they take their number one cornerback and they put it on your number two. So they would probably put Malcolm Butler on someone like Mohamed Sanu, and then they take Logan Ryan and maybe get one of the safeties to help him out on Julio Jones. The thing that I like about this for the Falcons is that that's not going to necessarily be able to contain Mohamed Sanu. It's not going to be able to contain Taylor Gabriel. You're also going to see these tight ends being able to take advantage in the passing game as well. And 
Falcons like to throw the ball a lot to running backs. Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman, these guys don't just run the ball. They also get out into the open. They line up as wide receivers. And I think you're going to see a lot of chess match going on here with the offensive play calling from Kyle Shanahan and also Josh McDaniels. Both of these teams, I think, have are very, very um, highlighted by their brilliant offenses. This has been the season of forgettable NFL defenses. I said it before, I'll say it again. I still think the best defense in the playoffs was the New York Giants, and we saw what happened to them. So now you get to a Super Bowl where for years... Defense wins championships, no matter how darn good that that offense is. You look at 2013 with the record-breaking Denver Broncos getting blown out by the Seahawks uh, defense. You look at last year when you had Cam Newton, MVP, throwing touchdowns every which way but loose, getting shut down by the Denver Broncos defense. Now we have a Super Bowl where that's not necessarily the case. Both of these defenses, I think, are respectable. But both of them have flaws, and I think we can agree that both of them have an offense that's better than their defense. So it's going to be a real interesting show to see exactly which one of these defenses is actually able to get underneath the skin and affect some real, you know, problems for one of these offenses. So listen, I spoke about uh, a bunch about this Falcons offense because I, I see opportunities for them to take advantage of the Patriots defense. Before I start ranting and raving about the rest of the game, I want to hear some thoughts from you, Shaka. What are you seeing about this game? Well, I like that you touched on a couple of uh, thoughts that I've had, just in particular with the Falcons offense. Uh, their, their sets, uh, in terms of running the football, are key because you've got two all you basically football-type running backs and Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman. Mm-hmm. But I, I think just the flexibility that they have catching the ball out of the backfield just creates so much versatility and confusion, you know, for the Patriots linebackers in the backfield because you have to figure out, is it going to be a run mm-hmm. or are we going to have to be, you know, fighting through these these uh, pass-blocking screens mm-hmm. uh, to chase down these running backs. So it, it really kind of creates a matchup. I wouldn't say a nightmare for the Patriots because they scheme very well and they've got two weeks to kind of prepare and plot out scenarios and potential mm-hmm. scenarios, you know, and go over this rehearsal. We have to get dress rehearsal, you know, for the big day, and it's just kind of seeing what, what line of dialogue are we going with here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in terms of uh, the offenses that they're going to potentially face. Uh, on the other side of the football, I think for the Falcons, um, defense-wise, look, they've, they're they're very young defense, yeah. but they've done a lot. They, you know, they have... Um, You've got one linebacker, a rookie linebacker with over 100 tackles. I think mm-hmm. they have a, a rookie safety with over 100 tackles. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they have guys who get it done. They're young. They're fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the inexperience is probably going to hurt them a little bit, yeah. especially when you got a guy like Tom Brady who loves to pick defenses apart. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think it works in their favor in terms of rushing the football, or just getting to Tom Brady and shaking him up and really going after probably his one weakness and that's a lack of mobility. Yeah, uh, It's really going to have to be their key if they want to kind of get these guys off the field because whoever is controlling the, the game clock here yeah. is really you know, in the driver's seat. You know, you really I, – I love this, Shaki. You hit the nail on the head with controlling the game clock. That's the next thing I kind of want to pivot to because both of these offenses, the Patriots and the Falcons, I think both of them excel in kind of this deceptive – big play passing game. They've got a lot of uh, looks and and formations that kind of trick you into thinking they're doing one thing and then they do something else entirely. So yep. 
both teams know this going in. So I think you're going to see, you're not going to see a Chris Hogan, Julio Jones performance like we saw two weeks ago where they have 180 yards and two touchdowns. That is not going to happen in this game. I don't think either one of these defenses is going to be giving up those types of big plays. If anything, they'd ra- they'd rather have a lot of short yardage plays, a lot of West Coast offense, a lot of slot plays, and they'd rather you know give up that without giving up the big play. So if you've got both defenses scheming to shut down these big plays, I think both offenses are going to look to try to run the ball more, to try to control the clock more. Both the Falcons offense is going to want to keep Tom Brady off the field, and the Patriots offense are going to want to keep Matt Ryan off the field. What scares me a little bit is, let's talk about the Patriots offense. They've also got some dangerous running backs too. You got James White, you got Deion Lewis, and you got LeGarrette Blunt. And just like the Falcons, I think the Patriots also like to do a lot out of play action as well. They like to set up to look to have their formations look like it's going to be a run, and then they open up a play to Chris Hogan or Julian Edelman or I mean, I don't know. Maybe we'll see Malcolm Mitchell or Michael Floyd in this game. I don't know if they're actually going to be healthier uh, enough to play, but I do think that both teams are going to want to pound the ball. And they're going to want to try to really run it out a little bit more than we've been seeing the last couple of weeks. Because we've seen a lot of aerial attack from both of these teams. But I think for the first time in a, first, in a, in a handful of weeks, they're facing some defenses that I think are really going to make it difficult for them. And really, in order to break up any type of passing game, you got to have pressure on the quarterback. And I think both the Falcons and the Patriots have to think about, from the defensive side of the ball, getting pressure on the quarterback. Because you know the Patriots are going to want to mess up Matt Ryan's timing. I think they can do that. I'm a little unsure if the Falcons are able to mess up Tom Brady's timing. What do you think? Well, that's going to be uh, the big question, is um, how well uh, is uh, Dan Quinn going to be able to kind of scheme to get past this offensive line for the Patriots because did you know those guys go in there every day, every Sunday, and their only is keep Tom Brady safe. You know, the guy's 39 years old. Mm -hmm. I I, I think it's probably the only imperative that they have is to not let anyone even breathe on his shoulders Mm -hmm. out there on the field. Um, And I think, look, I expect, fully expect to see some surprise plays come out of Bill Belichick's playbook, and I expect them to have a couple of packages in there when they see that Falcons' uh, pass rush pressure really coming on strong. They're going to have some quick plays where Tom's just going to step back, throw really quick screens. You know, you're going to see some of James White. Mm-hmm. you got Deion Lewis. You have enough options. They can get the football out of Tom Brady's hands mm-hmm. quick enough that he won't really have to face that pressure, and it'll kind of force those linebackers to back off a little bit. Mm. I also think, you know, um, being a guy who watches a lot of AFC East football, <laughs> I'm very experienced with seeing uh, the Patriots scheme for, you know, blitzing defenses and, you know, kind of really forcing them to adjust uh, and just really taking them off balance. So expect to see Julian Edelman getting a lot of looks. So yes. instead of maybe running the football, which I expect fully with the Garrett Blunt, I still expect to see a lot of them mixing it up with Julian Edelman catching mm-hmm. these five-yard, six-yard dink-and-dunk passes yeah. to force those defenses to step back a little bit and kind of respect the passing game. Because, look, if you can get a six-yard pass, then that's as good as as a run, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Clock still run. It's the same effect, as far as I'm concerned. If you get more out of it, it's a bonus. So I expect the Patriots to kind of mix and match. Just to re- Again, you can control the clock. If you can get those little quick passes off, those little five-yard ends, it's, 
the same effect as running the football. I uh, now uh, some of the I'd heard some fantastic stats when I was listening to some of these other analysts. Uh, one of the things to note is is Tom Brady is absolutely lethal when you blitz him. So yeah. I have a feeling that we're going to see very few blitzes from the Falcons. I think they're a little smarter than that. Um, what I'm also noticing is that, uh, in my opinion, one of the best ways to really mess up the Patriots' offense is to mess up Tom Brady's timing. Whenever I can think of you know, the Patriots actually looking vulnerable, it's when the defense is able to get any pressure on him. I mean, that's what we saw with the Houston Texans a few weeks ago. Whitney Merciless and Jadavian Clowney were actually able to get some pressure on Tom Brady, which was yep. something that was completely non-existent against the Steelers. Can the Falcons actually got, get pressure on him? I think that they probably can, but I think, again, they're going to have to mix up the looks. They're going to have to move Vic Beasley all around there because we've already discussed this. The Falcons' defense is littered with young guys, and that's where, I mean, that's where some of the scales start to tip for the Patriots just because everybody on the Patriots, you know, in their organization, offense, defense, coaching, they're all so experienced at this. They've been to the Super Bowl before. They've played in this pressure cooker before. The Falcons are really kind of the newbies, except, you know, they're the ones who are sort of oozing with talent. I mean, they the, they're the ones who had the tougher road to get here. I think the Falcons had a one of the toughest schedules in football this season, whereas the Patriots did not have one of the toughest schedules. They had one of the easiest schedules. Yeah, pretty soft. I, um, I, um, I look, I, no, I, I, I think, I, I, I can't discredit uh, Dan Quinn uh, and the job he's done with this Atlanta defense. And I think back to um, at the point where he was, you know, the defensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks. Mm-hmm. And he had to go up against the Tom Brady, and he did a pretty good job of doing exactly what you said and kind of throwing off Tom Brady's rhythm and his timing and kind of getting him a little bit out of, you know, his comfort zone. And I think that's one of the, the few things that you can actually do to a quarterback as good as Brady and really rattle him. And it's just a question is how effective are they going to be in doing that? Because I think the Patriots are one of the, the best teams in terms of adjusting and adapting and taking what is being given to them. Mm-hmm you know, and making the best out of it. So it's going to be a question of how quickly can the Falcons adjust. I expect this to be a pretty, a pretty you know, high-scoring game. Yeah, yeah. And I, it's going to be I a agree. question of adjustments and how quickly um, coaches learn from mistakes, you know, and, and make the adjustments and kind of pick apart these weaknesses that they're going to see. I, I, I'm really dying to see how well the Patriots stuff the run because they really haven't had to face yeah. any, you know, potentially lethal running backs this year. Mm-hmm. And frankly, um, like you said, their schedule's been pretty soft this year. Granted, they haven't given up a 100-yard rusher. I think the stat was something crazy, like 20-plus games. They haven't given up a 100-yard rusher. But, you know, coming into this this season where their schedule's been so soft, and Le'Veon Bell got hurt in that last playoff yeah, round. That, that's, um, I don't even know if it, I can count that. Yeah, so it's, it's, really, um, it's really a question of, like, what – Let's really let's really put up or shut up and see because the run again the running game is going to be huge here. And we talked about, for example, a Garrett Blunt, this guy who got cut from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh and my god! Really has been kind of a redemption story. Might end up being like an MVP candidate if yeah. he can keep the ball and you know not fumble and really just keep that lethal Falcons offense off the field. We might we might see you know, the Patriots' biggest challenge this whole season neutralized. It's, yeah. it's, it's a really, really fascinating uh, 
matchup. It's like a chess game. Yeah, this is going to be the ultimate chess game because I think both teams want to establish their game plan right away. I think both teams want to come out march down the field really fast with probably one big play, get on the board, get the lead, and then try to run out the clock as quickly as possible because there is such a clear understanding that the other team has such a dynamic and lethal offense. The yeah. pa- now, the Patriots offense, uh, you know, listen, I've been, I've been, you know, creaming over the Falcons offense for weeks. Um, the Patriots offense, I want to give some credit to them because there's so much more going on with them. And there's clearly so much more with scheme and game plan. Because this is a team that's doing everything without Rob Gronkowski, who's one of their greatest offensive weapons. This is a team where, you know, Deion Lewis, and this was something I heard uh, Robert Mays on the the Ringer NFL show, he watched the old uh, Patriots-Seahawks Super Bowl from two years ago where Dan Quinn was the defensive coordinator. And he mentioned how uh, the Patriots threw the ball 11 times to Shane Vereen out of the backfield. Now... Think about Deion Lewis playing that role in this game all over again. And think about the fact that you're also going to have on the defensive side of the ball, um, the Patriots gave up some of like, the fewest long plays of the season. Like They had something like five plays all year that they gave up that was over 20 yards or more, whereas the Falcons led the league in plays that were over 20 yards or more. So we know the Falcons definitely base and are trying to go for that deep play, that 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 you know that shot in the gut play. The, yeah. the Patriots are looking for the same thing, but their 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 defense is going to limit that, and their offense again to hit the to echo what you said about Legarrette Blunt. I do think these running backs are going to be the star of the game. I think for the Falcons, Tevin Coleman's ability to get a first down on second and seven with his legs. LeGarrette Blunt's ability to get a third and one. James White, like, can't you imagine them going out there and putting Deion Lewis and James White in the backfield with Tom Brady and then just him calling an audible at the line of scrimmage and seeing an opening and seeing one deep play for Chris Hogan and that's a touchdown? Like, these are the kind of, like, kind of trickery chess mats elements that I think we're going to see play out in this Super Bowl, whereas the last couple of Super Bowls, I think... A Von Miller defensive play, you know, would have would have been the the story of the whole thing. Like, listen, Peyton Manning or or, or whomever never got chance, never got you know Cam Newton never had a chance to throw the deep ball to Ted Ginn. You know, I think we're right. gonna see opportunities in this game. We're gonna see opportunities where Tom Brady is gonna air it out, and he's either gonna you know hit Malcolm Mitchell right in the fingertips, or he's gonna overthrow him by half a yard because. They got pressure on him in the pocket, and I think you're going to see something similar with Matt Ryan, and that's where I hear you on the running back side. Like, Devontae Freeman, you know, listen, if he if they get a wheel route, they toss it to him, and he sees some daylight, he could break a tackle, run off for 50 yards, and have a touchdown. That's what's so explosive about this Falcons offense, and even though everybody you're talking about the Patriots, you can't sleep on this Falcons team. No, there's absolutely no way. I, I think, honestly, look, uh, I think the strategy for this game, really for for both sides, is, is just to prolong the play. You don't have to go for the big home run strike. You just kind of have to keep the ball, yeah. you know, in your hands. If you get a drive down the field that's, you know, nine plays, ten plays, eats up six or seven minutes on the clock, mm-hmm. and you score a touchdown, I, I think that's, you know, a big part of the battle one. It keeps your defense fresh as well at the same time, so they can come out and give their best effort yeah. on the other side of the football. Um, I'm looking at Devin McCourty. And, you know, um, Malcolm Butler, as they've got 
they've got their hands full. Yeah. You know, in terms of uh, facing off against probably one of the best wide receivers we've seen in the last 10 mm-hmm. years. Um, and really what I think about is just how Belichick's going to scheme. And what he's done before is he likes to double up on, you know, the superstar mm-hmm. and kind of neutralize him and force you to beat him with the other guys. So Mohamed Sanu, if they want to keep these, you know, big plays going, he's going to have to step up. Now, Bill Gabriel's going to have to step up and have a couple big plays. Now, one of the things one of the things that scares me for the Patriots is that I think they can. I think that the offense for Atlanta is so dynamic and has so many dangerous playmakers that if you shut down Julio Jones, Taylor Gabriel, Mohamed Sanu, I mean, hell, Austin Hooper, these guys can kill you. And, yeah. I, I mean, the game might be decided in their ability to not guard Julio Jones or take away Julio Jones, but in their ability to guard the other guys. I mean, I was reading another stat today that talked about how some of the, the games when the Falcons lost, it's when Julio, it's when they relied too heavily on Julio Jones and didn't go to anybody else. When when they were able to guard Taylor Gabriel, Muhammad Sanu, and it's like, you know, it's like the old uh you know, in the NBA, when you just let Shaq do whatever he wants and we'll guard everybody yeah, else. It's like shut everybody else down. That's, that's a great uh, I mean, it's like, I don't know if you can honestly think Bill Belichick's just going to let Julio Jones do what he wants and then just guard everybody else. I mean, we could see that happen. But the point is... It's can not they, really in his nature. It's yeah. not in his nature, but can he shut down all of those wide receivers? He might not be able to. And if he can't shut down all those wide receivers... I mean, you're going to be in some hot water, even as good as Matt Patricia's defense is. Yeah, I think the big gut check is going to be really, because you look at, uh, we've talked about a million times, the physical specimen that Julio Jones is, Mm -hmm. and as good as Malcolm Butler is, just a question of, they throw the football up there, can you really beat him? Mm -hmm. It might be a mano-a-mano showdown every now and then, and if Julio Jones beats him a couple times, and that it could be it. Kind of be the uh, the go to where it forces the Patriots to to readjust and they can double them up. Then you get you get those other stars, those you know kind of unsung stars on the Falcons open, mm-hmm. and you know and then before you know it, it's just a gash here and there, and this thing's wide open. I think it, I think there's definitely going to need to be some doubling on Julio because Julio is you need more than one guy to tackle him. That's the other thing is that he is such yeah. a physical specimen. He can get yards after catch. And the Patriots are pretty good at stopping yards after catch, but you can't expect some, you know, five foot eleven guy to be tackling Julio Jones. You need to have somebody else come in there and help him out. And I think, um, granted, the Falcons have played, you know, they played a depleted Seahawks uh, defense secondary mm-hmm. in the first round, mm-hmm. and the Green Bay Packers defense, which we said forever, wasn't that good. No, they, they were pretty banged up. Yeah, they were pretty banged up in that um, that playoff round. The, the, the Patriots are going to be their first real uh, kind of competition to go up against uh, in the playoffs. So I, I, I still expect them to to show up and to perform. So it, it it's going to be a question of is it going to be enough. Now, the, the one last thing I'll mention is that uh, I, I do have some, some trepidation about the Falcons' defense. I think they're pretty good, um, but their secondary is young. And this is where it scares me because I think as – even though they're athletic, even though they can move, which I think is something Atlanta likes. I don't think Atlanta likes to, you know, get pressure and and try to blitz. This is a team that really tries to just move around as quickly as possible. They'd rather bat the pass down. They'd rather break it up. They'd rather pick it off as opposed to trying to get the blitz. So 
what I'm fearful of is Tom Tom Brady literally getting surgical on them and and really just finding openings in the defense and trying to just feed the ball where it needs to go. And that's exactly um I think that's you're right on the money. That's really what it might come down to. And I to this day, look, you come down to the fourth quarter and you got two or three minutes left and you put the football in Tom Brady's hands and I don't think there's a scarier moment in the NFL. Uh just that guy with time, it's almost and again, this is almost like Shaq. You, how do you? You can't stop him. You can only try to contain him. Mm-hmm. So I, I hope it doesn't come down to a scenario like that for the Falcons. Because look, as good as the defense is, they're still young, and I, I think the Patriots, their hurry up offense, especially. Yeah. Oh got, boy. It's, it, it's clockwork. So they, they've got. I think the Falcons are gonna have to do what they've been doing all year. They got to strike early, and they got to strike often. They got to put this thing out of reach as fast as possible. I completely agree. All right, it's time, Shaka. We've talked about it. We've we've mulled it over. We've said things before. Official picks. Shaka, who you got to win the Super Bowl? Look, man, bias aside, I'm going with the Falcons on this one. Wow. I, I think they're just the, I'm going to go talent over scheming for, for once here. And I, I just love the potential for this team and how good they're going to be for a long time. And I think right now, they're the one team, no matter how good your defense is, no matter how good your offense is, you just do not want to line up against them. They just they can blow you out of the water quickly. And so look, no one's really figured out a way to stop them early. So uh, good luck with the Patriots, but I'm going to go with the Falcons. I, um, you know, I've listened to a lot of stuff today. A lot of people have come out. And, you know, after all of this analysis, you know, I think the favoritism is winning out. I'm hearing a lot of people picking the Patriots. They're saying, you know, how can you bet against Belichick and Brady? This is their seventh Super Bowl appearance, this and that. And there's a lot of amazing arguments for the Patriots, but I am still picking the Atlanta Falcons. I I know defense wins championships, but the truth is, this is as I said, this is the year of of where NFL defenses did not exist. And this is the year of the offenses and Atlanta's offense is just so explosive. It's so dynamic. I know New England has the dynamic offense as well, but they've been doing this year after year. I don't want to, I'm not turning my nose up at them whatsoever, but I'm agreeing with you. I think the talent is just too much on the offensive side of the ball. Even with the scheming and the game planning, I still think Atlanta is able to put those points on the board. And I don't think the Patriots have really played nasty-ass offenses like them. You know, they've had a soft schedule, and I think that, listen, they're going to play a great game, and they've got all the tools to win this game, and I think they absolutely can. But, I mean, the things that I've seen Atlanta do this season, we just, I don't think I've seen an offense like this in a long time. And, you know, maybe it's going to be an absolute shootout, and maybe their defense is going to be crappy and it's going to let up points, but I... I think at the end of the day, you're going to see the Falcons putting up more points than the Patriots. I'm picking the Falcons. Uh, and look, either way this thing shakes out, I think it's going to be an exciting game. I just don't see anyone getting blown out. Even though some people are, are predicting a Patriots blow, I just don't no. see it. There's just too I much potential. There's too much firepower on the Falcons' side to be shut down. No, if anything, if even if it's a, even if people think it's a blowout or there's a wide margin. One of these teams is going to be. If one team is up by two touchdowns, the other team's going to be clawing their way back in the fourth quarter. I guarantee it's going to be an exciting game. I just, I'm really curious to see where turnovers, 
and the defense plays in. You know, a turnover game is really going to be something that I think, you know, people haven't been talking about, but I'm kind of curious how that plays out because that, I think, is the sneaky decision maker here. Yeah, as long as those running backs hold on to the football, oh, I mean, God. don't don't let the game get away from you from the one job that you have here is to protect the football. Right? Just don't let that be the, uh, the deciding factor here. Well, guys, thanks for listening. You heard it here first, Shaka and Sam on Sam Sports Podcast. We just wrapped up a whole season of 2016. Hopefully you enjoyed it as much as we did. It's going to culminate this Sunday with Super Bowl 51, Falcons-Patriots in Houston, Texas. I will be there to give you the Sam Sports Podcast perspective on the Super Bowl. I'll give you the skinny, okay? I'll give you the lowdown. You guys are going to know what's up from the horse's mouth and the horse being me. Oh, man, I'm excited. Any uh, any other final words you want to say before I do our sign-off, Shaka? Um, I'd just like to say, you know, to all the guys that have been out there listening and gals listening, it's been an honor. Thank you for tuning in throughout the season. Um, I really appreciate it. appreciate you letting me into your, your headphones. And I'm um, looking forward to uh, doing this again next season. Definitely, man, definitely. Could, took the words right out of my mouth. Um, All right, guys, uh, we're going to be signing off. Enjoy the Super Bowl. As always, subscribe to Sam Sports Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at SmithFaceJones. And as always, email Shaka and I with any questions you may have at SamSportsStation at gmail.com. S-M-A-S-S-P-O-R-T-S-S-T-A-T-I-O-N at gmail.com. I'm going to the Super Bowl. I'm going to give everybody the skinny on how good it is, how hot it is, how awesome it is, and if the food is any good. (laughs) But uh, on that note, we're out of here for the time being. We'll probably check back in after the Super Bowl. But if you like yourself some b-ball, there's going to be an awful lot of NBA podcasts rolling out soon. I just dropped one with my dad. Uh, Dr. Mark and I talked about the Philadelphia 76ers. We're going to be talking about every other team coming up. Going to have a lot of great guests, and uh, we're going to break it down for you. Sports will not stop on this podcast. But that's all I got for uh, the Super Bowl. I'm Audi. I will see you at the Super Bowl. Take it easy, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Enjoy the Super Bowl.